All right, just a thought tonight. We've been talking about purity, and we've had two or three messages on that subject. And uh, we talked about a pure conscience, and we're going to talk tonight about a pure heart for just a few minutes here. I think we need to look at it so we really understand what it, what the Bible's saying to us here and what it means. First Timothy chapter 1, we read verse 5, it says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Those things are all connected together, but that's the end of the commandment. That means the sum of it all. Being a Christian, living for God, being a follower of Christ, the whole thing is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and faith unfeigned, which is not put on real faith. There's another, there's some more verses in Psalm 24, verses 3 through 5. This is also in Psalm 15. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? <clears throat> the answer. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So there's the promise, see? Who's going who's gonna to go to heaven? Who's going to live with God forever? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, and lifted up his soul to vanity, or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Matthew 5 verse 8 and Jesus said blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Pure in heart. So it's a, an important matter. You're going to go to heaven? <laughs> you can make all the professions you want to but if you don't have a pure heart. It's the way I read it. So, if having a pure heart means that you've never had a bad thought, that seems, you know, it seems then that there'd be no hope for any of us. Is that right? So that must not be what it's talking about. We're talking about the heart here, not the mind. You know, battles in the mind. We've preached and preached about that and how the devil speaks to our mind and suggests things. You know, the thoughts that go through our mind, that's a different thing than the heart, the matter of the heart. The heart's more of a place, it's more associated with imaginations and uh, the process of thought. The mind's not so much on the process of thought, the mind is on yes and no, true or false. That's what the mind is about. The heart, is, there's more involved. A pure mind is a mind that only works on what is true. And it's not polluted with lies and falsehood and false information. Now that's a pure mind. A heart is the seat of emotion and feeling, but it's also where our affections and loves are determined. Now listen to me and we'll be short tonight. But it's what we love. What part of you has affection, feels, loves, hates. It's your heart. Mm -hmm. The heart, that's what it's about. 
That's where our affections and love are determined. And that's why the first and greatest commandment is that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. When our heart's affection is not on the Lord above everything else, we'll have, we, uh, well, I'm sorry, I read it wrong, what I wrote down here. I didn't do the negative, I did the positive. When our heart's affection is set on the Lord above everything else, we will have a pure heart. That's what a pure heart is. Now that's the message tonight, really. Because we'll not entertain any thoughts or imaginations that are against Him in any way. I want you to understand this simple thought here tonight. Only when the prevailing influence in our life is our love for God and our desire to please Him do we have a pure heart. We're talking about a pure heart. Is your heart pure? I don't mean, do you never have a bad thought? It means, what does your heart love? How faithful is your love? How pure is your love toward God? Is it tainted? Is it mixed? Is it weak? Is it wobbling? Does it, is it changeable? That's the point. The pure heart can be identified by the word pure, what it means. Do you remember when we started talking about purity and, and how we read the dictionary definition separate from all heterogeneous or extraneous matter, clear from, uh, clear and free from mixture as pure water, pure clay, pure sand, pure air, pure silver or gold. You know, we got these bottles of purified water. Well, if you had a bottle of purified water and you held it up to the light and you could see stuff floating in it, you wouldn't think it was pure. No matter what it said on the outside, would you? No. It's not pure because it's got stuff in it. If it's pure, there won't be nothing else in it but water. Clean water. So that's what purity means. It means genuine, real, true. It means incorrupt, no corruption in it, unadulterated. It means unmixed and separate from any other subject or from everything foreign. So a pure heart is a heart that is set on God above everything else. A pure heart is single. It's not changing or wondering. You want to be married to somebody whose heart is not fixed? Whose heart wanders? Whose, whose affections are changeable? Well, I don't love you anymore. Well, you never did. You never did. Charity never faileth. Doesn't, doesn't work that way. A pure heart is a heart that's not looking and yearning, but is settled and, and committed and satisfied in the object of its love. That's a pure heart. It's not mixed up. Not mixed with other things. There's no duplicity about it. There's no uh, shared access pure the heart is pure when it's bequeathed to God as the object of its love forever 
That's the kind of pure heart that Jesus is talking about here, that Psalm 24 is talking about here, that Timothy's talking about in chapter 1 and verse 5. A pure heart. That's what he's talking about. A heart that belongs to God alone. When a man and woman marry, they're vowing to keep their hearts pure for one another until they die. There's a little part in those vows that says, I will keep thee, me only unto thee. Well, uh, that's pretty exclusive, isn't it? Does that mean just physically? No, that means your heart. Your heart. You're committing your heart. You're promising to love. That's the way it is with God. When you promise to love God, there's no going back. If you, if you do, Your heart's not pure. There's no place in heaven for that. They're no longer, a man and woman when they get married, they're no longer looking for love in another. And they will not respond to the wooing of another if their heart is really pure. A pure heart is set on doing right with no desire to do unrighteousness. Now that's what a pure heart is. Desire. We've talked about it before too. Your heart is where the desire is at because that's where your affection is at. When you're talking about your heart, this is what you're talking about. What is your desire? It's what you love. It's what you long for. It's what you lust after. Desire is what you want. And most people live after the lust of the flesh. That's desire. Mm -hmm. They live to get what they want. To have pleasure. They seek after pleasure. And that's all. And they don't really love anything or anybody but themselves. Now that's the condition of a person without God. That's right. Without a pure heart. Without a heart, without a heart that's committed to God. The heart's not pure as long as there's any yearning towards sin. Or the world. Or anything that's opposed to God and righteousness and God's ways. As long as there's a yearning in your heart. A desire there for those things that are opposed to God. That's why there's no fellowship between the workers of darkness and, the wor- and, and of light. There's no fellowship between light and darkness. We can't have any fellowship with the world that way. Why would you desire it? If you do, your heart's not pure. I can tell you that assuredly tonight. If you desire the company of people who are opposed to God, then your heart's not pure. Temptation is the enticement to sin, but a pure heart will not entertain these thoughts that are attempting to justify what I want or formulating a plan to obtain that unlawful desire. Sure, we'll be tempted, but we will not tolerate those thoughts. We won't, and let me expound on it a little bit more. Those temptations to unrighteousness will be frequently presented to our minds. That's life here on this earth. You better believe it. You're going to be offered and offered and offered. And you're going to be uh, winked at and flirted with by this world. 
But what do you do with it? How does your heart respond to it? Does it inflame a desire? I mean, do you look at it and think, maybe. Or, do you turn away? A pure heart will not, will not entertain those thoughts that are, that are attempting to justify me having what I want when I know it's against the will of God. Now the difference between a pure heart and one that's not is that a pure heart will not turn away from God. I believe that for a long, long time now. I don't believe anybody's ever going to convince me otherwise. If you really love God with all your heart, you're not going to turn away from Him. You're just not going to do it. It's, it's a doctrine of the church. It's been around for a long time called perseverance of the saints. It's the mark between the superficial professor and the true believer. They just don't go back. They don't go back. So the difference, that's the difference between a pure heart. Heart's not pure. The pure heart will not turn away from God, but will persevere out of their love for God and their concern for His honor. Do you ever see things happen in life? I mean, I had a cousin, and he had a stroke when he was about 50 years old. Crippled him. You know what happened to him? You know what his wife did? She left him. Immediately. She just left him. She didn't want to take care of him. Now, what do you think about that kind of love? You've seen things like that. I've known of more than that. I've known of more cases where a wife was abandoned by her husband or a husband was abandoned by his wife because of sickness or just didn't want to put up with it anymore. What do you think about that kind of love? What do you think about that kind of a... What is in that heart? I can tell you. <clears throat> selfishness. There's no love except self-love. That's right. Yes, sir. I only got one life to live. I'm not going to waste my life living and taking care of a cripple. I'm young. I got things I can do and want to do. No, sir. But a pure heart is not easily drawn away into worldly and vain things because it's fixed on God. See, it's more than just coming to church and having it crammed down your throat three times a week. You love God. You want to fellowship with God. You want to know more about God. You don't have to have it crammed down your throat. You don't have to have it force-fed to you. You'll seek it out yourself. <laughs> I read the other day somebody said that you, a lot of people say you can be a Christian and not go to church. You say, well, you can be married and not go home too, but you ain't going to. That ain't going to work too good for you because you ain't going to be married long. That's about the way it is too. If there's anything in you, you're going to seek God. And it ain't, nobody's going to have to force you to. You know, man, woman get married. They love each other. Nobody has to force them to come home. They want to come home. So a pure heart is not easily drawn away into worldly and vain things. 
It doesn't find it it does not find the foolishness of this world's wisdom to be fascinating or interesting. It's the way it is with me. The longer I live, the less interested I am in what they got to say about anything. I have figured it out. They're crazy. <laughs> And they don't know anything about anything, hardly. I'd rather take my chances just trusting what God shows me than to trust in any... I mean, you trust in, you lean on the arm of flesh. You trust in man and what he says. You know, it's not good to trust and put your trust in men. Yeah, it's not good to put your trust in princes. The very best, the very smartest, the very highest they got. Is foolishness with God. So, I'm not fascinated with their things. I got a notification on my phone today. Real important news. Land mammals only have 250 million more years to live on earth. And then they're going to be extinct. (laughs) You see what I mean? That's news. That's what they think is important. And it ain't how do they figure that out anyway? You know, it's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. And they're full of stuff like that. So that's why they, they don't attract me. I find things much more fascinating in here. We just read in First Corinthians fifteen this morning about oh my, about the spiritual body and the, you know, I find that much more fascinating and interesting because it is true. And the closer you look at this book right here, the more you're going to realize how true it is and how rich it is. And it is every jot and every tittle is right. Yes, sir. And you'll never, no matter how long you live, you'll never find it all out. It's an endless mine of Knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Why would I listen to that kind of foolishness? Why would that fascinate me? Why would I want to waste my time? And why would I want to open the door of my mind and my heart to people like that? No, no, no. The pure heart says, I've found him whom my soul loveth. And I held him and I will not let him go. Song of Solomon 3, 4. That's the attitude of the heart, the pure heart. The world may wink at you, but you don't wink back. And the world may flirt with you, but you don't flirt back. They'll try to woo you and, and tell you, they'll try to make a fool of you for being like you are. I read real fast through Song of Solomon there today. I mean, I speed read it because I was looking for certain things in it but I just noticed so much you know that's what that's what they said who is thy beloved more than any other beloved who is he why you think he's so yes (laughs) well she had an answer for him but that's the way that's what the world says you know oh you just think you're just imagining stuff and you know you don't understand. We got, we're the ones having fun. And you're missing it. Yeah. No, I'm not missing it. 
A pure heart has no other loves that compete with God, who is the one whom their soul loveth. Is He the one your soul loveth? Really? I mentioned the other day that that's what the Puritans, that was their goal for teaching their children to know God, to love God, and to enjoy God forever. That was their motto in their education of their children. (laughs) Pretty good motto. It hits everything that's real important just like it should. There's not a conflict going on in the affections of the heart. I've seen things where, you know, and I've seen it in real life. I'm not talking about TV shows and movies and stuff like it. I've seen it in real life. I I know some people, women, who couldn't make up their mind which one they loved. You know, I've known different women who was fixing to get married and and go out with some other guy right before they got married because they just wasn't. They just had to be sure. There's no, there's no nothing like that in your heart if it's pure. There's no conflicts. There's no challenge to the love you have for God if your heart is pure. See, when we're talking about a pure heart, we're talking about love and what it loves, what it desires. That's what a, that's what is involved in a pure heart. A pure heart makes for a good conscience. Because if the, ha- if the conscience is troubled, the heart's not pure. A troubled conscience is a symptom of an impure heart. That's right. Its affections are divided. Its desires are unholy, not pure. So is your heart pure? I mean, the question is not, are you ever tempted to do wrong? That's not the question. The question is not, do you ever have bad thoughts? That's not what the, that's not the issue here tonight of a pure heart. Y'all understanding that? The question is, is your heart pure? How do you respond to temptation? I mean, temptation to do wrong. Temptation to turn away from God and forget Him. For even just a short time. Put him aside. Put him out of your mind. Put him out of sight, you think. How do you respond to the emotion and excitement and the wooing of the world and the flesh and the devil? How do you respond to that? When you see their excitement and you see their the things that they love, the things they spend their life to get. What, what, how does that affect your heart? Does it trouble your heart? Because you, man, it looks like fun. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I read something the other day and it just, it, it's one of those things. We all know this, but it's just so startling to think about it. Uh, how that when you die, a hundred years from now, somebody else will have all of our houses and all of our stuff, whatever was left of it. 
we won't eat. I mean, people will remember us for a little while. The ones that knew us and lived with us and loved us and all. And then when they die, we won't even be a memory. It will be as if we never existed on this earth. All flesh is as grass, and the, and as the flower of the grass, the grass withereth, and the flower thereof fadeth away. But the word of our God stands. I mean, all flesh, it fades away. And the Bible talks about the wind blowing over the place where it was, and nobody even knows it was ever there. That's, that's the way it is with me, you, and everybody else. So all that we live our lives for, Together. Look at the world. Look at how they're doing. The vanity of it. No wonder Solomon said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. That was his conclusion of everything. Ain't nothing worth nothing as far as this world is concerned. But that's what everybody's living their life for. To gain, to gather, to have pleasure, to have all the toys you need, to have all the pleasure you need. Everybody, I mean, look at it. People are spending thirty, forty thousand dollars and more for side besides to play with. Not anything to work with, just to ride up and down the road and drink her beer and play. You did. <laughs> and that's just one thing. If it's ain't trucks and boats and this we gotta have this stuff in order to enjoy life. And that's where all their desires are wrapped up in. That just immoral and ungodly stuff. We're talking about a pure heart. What are your desires? And how do you respond? And how does it affect you when you... How does it affect your emotion and your feelings and your excitement when you see what the world's doing? Is Christ your rock? Or are you wobbly? If given the opportunity, would you turn your back on God and His people and go ahead and take what you want from the world? Well, your heart's not pure. If that is a possibility, then your heart's not pure. Would you cross that line if you had the chance? Well, this is how you know if your heart's pure or not. That's about all I'm going to say about it tonight told you I'd be sure but I mean that's the issue a pure heart is a heart that's fixed on God whose love and affection is set on God and the things of God he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love it's all about that and the scripture is pretty clear on this one that it's necessary to ever dwell with God in eternity a pure heart is necessary. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Does that mean everybody else will too? But they just get an extra blessing because they were pure in heart. No. It's not the, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in His holy place. Well, that's a question that everybody's always asked through all the ages. You know, What must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? That's the same question as that. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart has not lifted up his soul unto vanity. It's what we've been talking about. Lift up your soul to the vanity of this world. You're caught with it. You look at them and they seem like they're enjoying everything so much and they're not. That's another thing I've figured out. Living this long, they're not enjoying it. 
They're miserable. They just fight and hate on one another and they go on their on their boats and on their trips and they just fight and fuss and and it's just all a waste of time and money and they're never happy and never content and never satisfied. It's vanity. There's only one way you can be happy and content and have joy in your life, and that's God. Just love God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy mind. God is a jealous God, and He will not share our heart with another love. That's the thing. Does your heart belong to God? It's with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So the heart, a pure heart, is a heart that's fixed on God and don't and doesn't leave him. Hope you understand that. Very simple. True. But we just say pure heart and we don't ever really talk about it. We just kinda let it go, you know, oh pure heart, pure heart. We don't think about these things. That's what a pure heart means. Simon, lovest thou me more than these? <laughs> so that's what he wants to know. That's what you want to know from your spouse, don't you? Yeah. what everybody wants to know lovest thou me How can, what kind of love do you love me with well God loves us with an everlasting love he commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us he loved us never stopped it's a thing you know after Adam's sin God didn't love him any less than he did before. But it was love with pain then, see? Grief. It grieves the heart of God when we're not faithful in our love toward him. When we can be wooed away with things of this world and get distracted and and forget him. That grieves God. Grieves the spirit of God. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the truth that we've talked about here tonight. Help us all, Lord, that our hearts might be pure before you. Now, it's going to be long, and we're going to stand before you. I pray that we'd be able to do so with a pure heart. Help us to walk and live that way now. Go with us now. I pray you'd bless and help in each family and home here tonight. Meet these knees and Heal these that are sick and and draw us closer to yourself, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.